This is Locked On Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You've got Matt Smith here with you, and the Gamecocks came up just short over the weekend on the road at Alabama, a game they desperately needed for their NCAA tournament hopes. But unfortunately, things didn't go their way despite the big game from Keyshawn Bryant and uh, 22 points, 13 rebounds. We're starting to see Keyshawn put that athleticism to work, but South Carolina can't get it done. Off-balance three from A.J. Lawson, bad decision late by Keyshawn Bryant, and South Carolina loses on the road. Now, the record's still not bad. We're talking about a team that's 17-12, and but they need more victories just to stack up wins. Really, you know, kind of in a crusade for 20 victories because Frank Martin said that as well. It's not about quality wins at this point. South Carolina has those. The resume is good in terms of the highest of the highs with wins over Kentucky and Virginia, especially the way Virginia's playing. Look at what they just did. They knocked off Duke. Uh, Kentucky just beat Auburn. These are two big-time wins for South Carolina, one in conference, one out of conference. That's not an issue. The issue, total number of wins getting in the conversation and that net ranking. And the net ranking takes a hit with a loss on the road to Alabama. So now, Mississippi State up next. If South Carolina can avenge that loss and beat a team that's firmly in the NCAA tournament, then they probably get a lot of that goodwill back. But tough loss for South Carolina on the weekend. And it was very tough to lose the way South Carolina did in baseball as well. Losing a lead on Sunday, they dropped the series to Clemson two out of three. But hey, overall, not a bad start for Mark Mark Kingston's crew. And we talked about this before the series even began. This is not a marker for what kind of team either one of these clubs is going to have. Uh, You know, you can lose. South Carolina won the series just last season and then didn't make the NCAA tournament and Clemson did. So, you're just finding yourself. What this series is about is getting answers. I know, you know, obviously, you want to win. It's your rival. I know Carolina fans live to beat Clemson, live for it. I know the glow on Gamecock fans' faces when they've beaten Clemson in any sport. I understand it. But, but... Don't overreact to this series. It's baseball, man. A long way to go, and South Carolina comes out of this weekend with more answers than questions. So now, Mark Kingston knows who he can trust, knows what he needs, starters, bullpen, defensively, and out of that lineup. We knew you'd have to get to this point and play some really good competition, and Clemson certainly counts as good competition, and one of the best staffs you'll see. Um, in terms of five arms that South Carolina saw, Sam Weatherly, Davis Sharp, Matt uh, Spencer Strider, Matt Clark, and Carson Spears, you're not going to see five better arms, even from Vanderbilt, five better arms than that. And South Carolina was able to put up 11 runs. Really tough night against Sam Weatherly, but he had it. That happens sometimes. That's what happens when you go up against a hot pitcher. If it's if it's Pedro Martinez at his best, Kurt Schilling at his best, Felix Hernandez at his best, you're not going to get him that day. That happened to South Carolina. Bounced back, showed resiliency, won game two, had the lead in game three, but lost that one. So still a lot of good news for South Carolina coming out of the weekend, and we'll review that when we come up in uh, the third segment. But right now, let's talk, uh, let's talk football. 
because spring practice has started. And not only has spring practice started, you've got uh, some audio from Will Muschamp. We've gotten the opportunity to talk to him, talk to Ryan Helensky as well. And we're starting to learn some things about South Carolina. Mike Bobo, Will Muschamp, getting overall impressions of the new guys in the roster and how maybe some of the other players have grown up. Um, so, you know, we've got we've got a lot going on uh, now, a lot of news coming out of spring practice and some good news in recruiting we'll get to in our next segment. So we'll jump on that. We've got Will Muschamp, we've got Ryan Helensky, and we have got Dr. Rick Sanford on football today. So we'll do that when we come back in our next segment with the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. We'll get right to Will Muschamp and what he's had to say after now South Carolina's had a few days in practice. So those players have been in front of Mike Bobo working out, throwing for the first time, and what Will Muschamp saw in terms of toughness and picking up the new schemes after the first day in pads. We'll do that when we come back. This is Locked On Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. So, Will Muschamp spoke to the media and talked about the first day in pads. Now, the quarterbacks aren't going to take any hits this spring, and that was one of the questions we had. We didn't think they would, but we really wanted to know how Luke Doty would react. Not not to being hit, necessarily, but just the, the answer to the question of what kind of mobility Luke Doty is going to have at the next level. We know he was a dual-threat quarterback at Myrtle Beach High School, and we know what kind of athleticism he has. But is it going to translate? Because players don't always play in the same way they did in high school. The step up in competition makes you kind of revert to what or you know, and accentuate your own positives. And is, do, is Doty going to do what we saw Dylan Thompson do, which is not rely on his feet that much, but stay in the pocket, want to make plays with his arm? Or more like Connor Shaw, where trouble hits, he just had a knack for seeing through all of the trash that was out there, all of the arms and behemoths, uh, linebackers chasing him, and pick up first downs, move the chains. Which type of player is Luke Doty going to be? Uh, we'll hear from Will Muschamp and what he's seen out of Luke Doty early on in practice. But first, let's just start with the quarterbacks in general. Here's what Will Muschamp had to say about those signal callers, the first few practices, and how quickly they're picking up what new offensive coordinator Mike Bobo is putting down. Uh, I think Ryan was player of the day the first day. He's been, you know, Mike's been very pleased with Ryan and Luke and, and what they've done. Jay Yurk's done some nice things, but uh, Ryan's done a, a really nice job offensively with the things we're doing and some uh, <clears throat> different things that we're trying to, you know, more than anything, we're we're evaluating right now. What what can we do? You know, and that's kind of the that's kind of where we are at this point. But uh, we've been very pleased. Mike's been really impressed with them as far as the meeting room is concerned. The amount of time they're spending over here, they're they're understanding that takes a lot of time. Sure especially when you're, you're going with some new things, some new terminology, and you've got to be able to, to, to you know, master those things. And they, those guys work extremely hard. We've been really pleased with that. And what about Luke Doty? 
because what we don't know right now is how quickly he's picking things up in comparison to Ryan Helensky. But you heard the praise for Helensky there, player of the day. Is he solidifying himself as the number one quarterback? That would be fine because that means heading into this fall, South Carolina would have an experienced signal caller, one who's seen that SEC speed up close. But how quickly can Luke Doty pick up the concepts and the verbiage from Mike Bobo and compete here? Well, here's Will Muschamp on what he's seen out of Doty through three practices. I think, you know, Luke's done some nice things. You know, he's obviously, he reacts well. Uh, the moment's not been too big in the first three days. Uh, you know, Mike, Coach Bobo, and I laughed about his first day of practice at Georgia. I think he fumbled six snaps, uh, you know, and, and Luke didn't fumble any. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, there, there's a lot of positives to build on. He's very intelligent. He reacts well in the pocket. Uh, obviously, he's got the right kind of athleticism we're looking for, and he's been effective throwing the ball. So, we've we got to continue to improve and get better. So, it seems Muschamp pleased with all that he's seen from the quarterbacks, including two of the big names that we're going to be talking about throughout the spring and the summer heading into fall camp. Ryan Helensky, incumbent, and Luke Doty, four-star recruit out of Myrtle Beach High School. How about DeCarrion Joyner moving to wide receiver? Um, here's Will Muschamp on DeCarrion Joyner moving out there. What he missed by having to play so much quarterback due to injuries last season, you know, having to rep him at quarterback, and what kind of player he might be in the slot. He's done a nice job of receivers playing in the slot and been very, you know, had a big third down conversion on Friday and uh, continues to do a good job. It's all new for him. Sure. It's the frustrating part about last fall when, you know, when he, we made that move, he could have had the entire fall to, to go through and, and, uh, and be a receiver and, and learn all the different things you've got to learn at the new position. It's all new for him, and he's done a nice job with it. How excited is he just to be out there and get Oh, yeah, he loves it. He loves his teammates, loves his team, and it's good to, good to see him smiling and enjoying it. Now, I found this next topic to be absolutely fascinating. Will Muschamp pressed a little bit on – you know, what if he had a magic wand? What would he want to change? Because he's a defensive guy. He played safety himself at Georgia. So now you live in this era of RPOs and not being able to, to be physical with receivers at the line of scrimmage. So here's Will Muschamp. Kind of, he, at first he dances around the question, but he gets to it on linemen getting downfield now with the RPOs, reviewing pass interference calls, and how difficult it is to defend in this era, you know, what is the one thing he would change if he could about college football? I mean, at the end of the day, you know, they want an exciting product. Uh, they want to, uh, that's for a large percentage of people, 38, 35 is better than 3 nothing, And uh, so that's just the way it is. And that's, and I, don't, I don't have any problem with it. That's part of it. And got to coach our guys the right way. And RPOs make it difficult. It's a very difficult job for the officials to understand when a guy's too far down the field when he's not. That All that's happening really, really fast. You know, I do think that the NFL – you know, a pass interference rule in, in, in the last two minutes. Is it the half and the game? I know it's the game. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not positive on the half. I know it is the game. I think that's a great rule. You get some critical 50-50 balls down the field. Let's get the call right. Let's get. Let's make sure we get it right. And I think that that's a. I think that that would perform a lot of relief. I think that the targeting is. There's a difference to, between to me is in targeting a guy and a malicious intent targeting. Malicious intent throw the guy out of the game. I got no problem with that. Right. But to me. Uh, you know, I, I look at the Ohio State Clemson game, and when the the, the nickel blitz in, in the B gap, you know, it was targeting by rule, right. but there was no malicious intent. I look at the Clemson LSU game, the linebacker from Clemson Slasky expands inside out, 
it was targeting, but it was no malicious intent. So both of those young men got kicked out of a game for playing what you would have said 10 years ago. That's a good football play. And I understand. We're trying to get the head out of it. And I get all that. But there was no malicious intent. I hate that in the college football playoff, both of those young men got kicked out of the game for really a, what I would say is a good football play. Is it targeting by rule of what they said? Exactly right. But I don't I don't think maybe take them out for a play when them come back in the game. But I don't think kicking them out of the game. But certainly our rules have helped as far as a lot of the, those things are concerned. But, they're, I mean, again, they make the rules that we've got to play by them, and that's what we'll do. So there you go. You see Will Muschamp has some sympathy for players that are ejected for targeting. I agree with this. I, I think they, you know, the pendulum swung too far in the direction of punishing players initially because they wanted to get the headshots out of football. They're doing that for the most part, and I think Will Muschamp's on the right track here. I actually think there should be some legislation brought to the NCAA that these players, when you get, you know, when you get called for targeting something else, you come out for a play, fifteen-yard penalty. We understand it; it's a big no-no. It, that would be a severe punishment. But for players that are playing hard, straightforward, trying, trying to play good physical football and play it the right way, and to have them tossed out of important games, I think that's too penal uh, for the crime. But, you know, we're at least a year away from that about talking about it again. But I like to hear somebody like Will Muschamp at least come out in favor of something like that. Now, how about this? This is a question that I've wanted to hear Will Muschamp answer, which is, you know, he talks about explosive plays all the time. Well, what constitutes in this era good defense? Is that definition changing? Because there are so many advantages in terms of rules, in terms of innovation on the offensive side. So now what constitutes good defense and what's his new definition of an explosive play? And we look at, you know, every year we're going through our offensive goals, you know, based on what would lead our league. You know, and you, and you talk about uh, we adjust that a little bit every year based on third down, based on red zone. Um, you know, we go back to what would, what would lead our league. If we could do that, then we'd be very successful. And we've done, you know, we've adjusted those a little bit year to year. Uh, you know, we kind of got on the same page, explosive play. A lot of people think a 12-yard run. I think anything over a 10-yard run because you're usually moving the chains. On a ten-yard run, on a twenty-yard, if you th- if you play defensively a, a dig perfectly, it could be caught at sixteen to eighteen, tackled, and it's not a twenty-yard gain. And you played it well in, in zone in a cover two scheme defensively. Why give them an explosive play on that when you played it well? Because it's hard to tell your kids, well, that was played well, but it's an explosive play. Right. So that's why we went to twenty with that. Because some people say eighteen, which I think is hard, or fifteen um, on an explosive play. But everybody has different uh, parameters on that. But we do adjust our boards a little bit each year based on what led our league. And I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, and nobody wants to see, however, you know, the opposing team run a dig route down the middle. And uh, against a cover two defense, catch it at 16 yards, slide to a stop without even catching a hit. But in this new era of football, sometimes the offense wins uh, and you just have to swallow it. And Will Muschamp, you can tell, an intense guy, former defensive player himself, longtime defensive coordinator. He doesn't like it, but he's adjusting to life there. Um, Now, the spring game, not too far off, coming up in early April, so... What is it that South Carolina needs to do in the spring game live and why he likes the XFL kickoff rule is something Will Muschamp's going to address here. I really like this, uh, his answer about what they want to work on live in the spring game because Brian Edwards, gone as punt returner. 
I've put out there, I think DeCarrie and Joyner would be an interesting candidate for that position. So I'm fascinated to see what South Carolina does on punt returns in the spring game and if they'll go live. We need to do a better job returning punts. When Brian was back last year, we did a nice job. We lost some field position uh, when Brian wasn't back there, you know, in some games. So uh, we'd like to get some live return work in the, as far as that's concerned. But those are things we'll, we'll, we'll discuss as we move forward. But there's certainly some interesting – and I said in my press conference, I think, the other day that the XFL, XFL rule – I think it's a good rule on kickoff. It's an interesting way to take some of the collisions that we're trying to get rid of out of the game and, and go from there. And we also want to hear Will Muschamp comment on uh, Marshawn Lloyd because if there's any player that has been recruited and come in for South Carolina, listen, as a freshman, perhaps even more important than what Jordan Birch, the five-star recruit along the defensive line, does this season. He's practice, He's going to practice with the Bucks when he gets uh, to campus for South Carolina. Uh, the most important player, however, as a freshman is Marshawn Lloyd because in order to do what Mike Bobo wants to do in his heart, Mike Bobo wants to be able to set the pass up by running the football with success. And with South Carolina losing Rico Dowdle, Tavian Feaster to graduation, the Gamecocks need Marshawn Lloyd to be an impact player. So you don't want to bring him along too fast. You don't want to put pressure on him. But I think we're all waiting, you know, with bated breath to hear what Will Muschamp has to say about Marshawn Lloyd and how quickly he can influence the run game on this team. He's, got, he's a, he's a one-cut runner. He gets the ball north and south. He's got a low center of, of, of his running ability is concerned. There's not a lot of soft spots to hit. Uh, he's a very intelligent guy that works extremely hard. Been very pleased. Uh, it sounds all positive for South Carolina right now. Luke Doty moving well. Ryan Helensky, the best player right now in, uh, in the first day of pads in practice and Marshawn Lloyd looks the part as a tailback for South Carolina that's the word from Will Muschamp Ryan Helensky was a freshman last season really thrown into the fire and we didn't get to hear what he had to say for the most part because he was a freshman so we didn't get to talk to Ryan Helensky well we did for the first time today so you'll hear Helensky's impressions of his freshman year and what he needs to improve on to be the player he wants to be as the starting quarterback for South Carolina in his sophomore season. We'll do that when we come back. It's Locked On Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I didn't like you. We want to be able to keep shooting, trying to do shooting the floor from 12 feet, uh, three up, two and a half, or whatever. Uh, and then AJ, we're going to shoot a three, let's take a good three, not some sideways jumping, fadeaway three. I thought that was a bad play, and I told him Well, you just knew Frank Martin wasn't going to be happy with Keyshawn Bryant's performance at the end of the game, or. A.J. Lawson's off-balance three, but that's where this team is right now. They're not smooth offensively, but they're really good athletically. That was enough to keep them in the ball game, but not enough to overcome Alabama on the run uh, or on the road. And, and how about the free-throw disparity for South Carolina? And it wasn't just the missed foul shots, but that was a big part of it, but also the calls going against the Gamecocks. South Carolina just hit 17 free-throws. And you might think, well, that sounds okay. That sounds average. 17 of 26, 65%. You know this is a team that shoots 62% from the foul line. So that's just par for the course, right? Yeah, except for Alabama shot 
47 foul shots and hit 33, meaning more than a third of the Crimson Tide's points came at the charity stripe. So that's just something South Carolina's got to endure, got to deal with. They're that kind of team. They play defense with their hands sometimes. They're very physical. They're going to put other teams on the line. But you've got to overcome it elsewhere, and South Carolina unable to do it. You know, they've got to get hot from the three-point line. Well, that didn't happen. Um, maybe you just have to turn Alabama over a lot more than you get turned over. That didn't happen. But great game for Keyshawn Bryant. Had one of his best games as a Gamecock. Probably his best. 22 points, 13 rebounds. We've all seen his athleticism. We know the highlights. We know he can do it. Um, Lawson and Kuznard contributed 17 and 12 points respectively, but combined to hit on just two, uh, two of 10 from behind the three-point line. So that is no good. Um, Alonzo Frank was pretty good, 10.7 rebounds. Mike Coates are eight points, and that's only noteworthy because he failed to reach double figures for the first time in the last 10 games. So next up for South Carolina, tomorrow night, Mississippi State. I'll be there covering it, and we'll bring it to you here on the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. It's now, it's must-win time for South Carolina to stay in it, and they have got quite a test. This is a tournament game. It's going to be big-time atmosphere at Colonial Life Arena against a big-time team that wants to bully you in Mississippi State. They did it to South Carolina on the road last week. So now the Gamecocks looking to avenge that one. All right, back to football. And we're going back to football because this is pretty important. We've got Ryan Halinski audio man. For the first time, Ryan Alinsky was able to speak to us in the media because he was a freshman a year ago. Will Muschamp doesn't allow freshmen to speak to the press. So now we finally get to lean on Ryan Halinsky a little bit and talk to him about the injuries, what was going through his mind last season and more. Uh, you know, and this is a kid in Ryan Halinsky that performed well at times and you know, on balance, I, I know he took some uh, he took some shots on the field and off the field, but on balance, the numbers were pretty good for a freshman thrust into this situation. Completed 58% of his passes for over 2,300 yards. Uh, did not play a full season. So we'll break down his numbers again uh, in just a minute. And, and, of course, as spring moves on, as he tries to hold off Luke Doty and Colin Hill when uh, the transfer in from Colorado State, former Dorman Cavalier, go Cavs, uh, you know, and, and Ryan Halitsky trying to be uh, the incumbent, trying to be a leader on this team. You know, part of that is not necessarily the way you speak to the media, but I do think it gives us some insight into who he is because quarterbacks, especially those that lead their teams, are often deft at handling the media. So here's what Ryan Halitsky had to say. Uh, you know, we start him off with, what's he learning under Mike Bobo and what is Coach Bobo's coaching style how's it different from brian mcclendon a season ago yeah uh super excited uh, about coach bubble and what he's offering here already you know a lot of guys are picking it up a lot of guys are confident a lot of guys are excited about going to practice um and and what he's teaching um we can already tell you know he's a guy that's gonna put us out there and be successful because we want to be a championship offense and uh, that's what it's going to come down to um uh, he's de definitely more vocal uh, i think that that gets guys going a little bit more uh, might light a fire you know underneath you and you know you don't want to get called out and uh, i think that's what is, is in a lot of guys' minds right now um and just trying to be able to execute and not be that guy that lets your teammates down um and i think that's a that's a big difference uh, when it comes to his style of teaching yeah more vocal. I think anybody that uh, has met those two coaches can get that. Um, and Mike Bobo knows how he needs it done, and he's got to work quickly here for South Carolina because they need to know midway through spring camp. We heard Will Muschamp talk about this. Midway through spring camp, 
Who is this team? What do they do well? Uh, how about how Ryan Helensky viewed his freshman season? You know, we talked about it. Uh, 58% completion percentage. He had that big game, 324 yards passing against Alabama, but then it flipped on him. Uh, on the road at Mizzou, just 13 of 30 for 166 yards. A poor performance. It was worse than that. A really poor performance in a game South Carolina needed to win to get going in the right direction, and they didn't. They finished 4-8, and eight, due in large part to the negative momentum behind that game. Uh, but then the, the offense adjusted a little bit around that. We don't know what was going on with Ryan Holinsky in terms of health. You know, we know he had the, the knee scoped in the offseason, and Will Muschamp said he was fine, and he was always fine, but... Holinsky's arm didn't look right against Mizzou. We just don't know. The zip wasn't there. Um, and we've never actually gotten uh, clarification on that. But by the end of the season, uh, you know, Holinsky zipping it around pretty good. Had another 300-yard performance on the road at Tennessee. Threw for over 300 in the loss against Appalachian State. And, you know, by the end of the year, this is a young man that ended up completing 58% of his passes. Well, that number has to go up. How did Ryan think he did as a freshman thrown into the SEC fires? Um, I got to play better. Absolutely, I have to play better. Um, You know, I I had a couple moments that I felt that were good and a couple opportunities that, you know, I said, hey, I'll go out there and throw some touchdowns. But otherwise than that, um, I got to play better, and that comes down to me, and I, I put that on myself. Was your confidence an issue last year, by the end of last year, just because things weren't going the way you wanted? Um, confidence wasn't really an issue. Um, I just got to focus more. I've got to be able to be that practice player 110% every day, you know, be the same guy. Consistency is a lot of stuff that we're talking about here at the facility. Um, I just got to be more consistent in my play um, and just go in day in and day out and being that guy for this team. And finally, last little note here from Ryan Halinski. Did he doubt himself at all last season? Things got rough. We just talked about the road game at Mizzou. There was the loss at Appalachian State. What about the mental toughness for Ryan Helensky? Look, bad days get the best of us. All of us have to endure it. Well, Ryan Helensky was growing up in front of the Gamecock viewing world. How did he handle it? How did he feel when he got up in the morning and went to bed at night? Yeah, I, I'm, I've been through a lot of low points um, in my life, and uh, I had a couple of uh, stuff, you know, come into my mind, but then I told myself, you know, that's just life. You know, we have low points, and we've just got to bounce back from those things, and, you know, you got to go to the next day because the next practice is going to come, and if you're still in that low point, you're going to have another bad practice, and it's going to lead to another bad practice, it's going to lead to another bad game. So um, I didn't really let those affect me last year. I didn't try and let those affect my teammates last year because I know that it would just keep going into the next game and we didn't need it. Really, it was just like just middle of the season. Uh, it was just a couple moments that it would just come and then it would go away. I wouldn't let it affect me that much. It would come in the morning like for five minutes, maybe come sneak up on me, and then I'd punch right in the face and let it go back the way that it came. So uh, it, w- it wasn't really a big time moment or anything. So there's Ryan Alinsky for the first time. We got to speak to him uh, as, as you know, as the media, and uh, I, I think he came across really strong, really well. I think he's got the fortitude to be the starting quarterback moving forward, and you can see how he might be a really good leader for South Carolina. But the proof will be, in the end, what will determine whether he's the starter is how well he picks up on what Mike Bobo is teaching on a daily basis because those concepts so big, the change is there, and everything needs to click. And remember, Mike Bobo's coming in with fresh eyes. So he's looking at the quarterback position at South Carolina. He's got the film on Ryan Holinsky, but 
He only knows Ryan Helensky from the day he got hired until now. So I suspect we're not going to have an answer as to who is the starting quarterback until fall camp. Um, and we'll see. I mean, maybe maybe they want to wait on Colin Hill's health as well. Here's somebody that absolutely knows what's going down uh, in terms of the terminology and the concepts for Mike Bobo's offense playing under him at Colorado State. Do they want to wait to name a starting quarterback until Colin Hill is ready and, and fully physically prepared to perform so that they we can have a three-way race at South Carolina? Luke Doty, incumbent Ryan Helensky, and transfer Colin Hill. So – those are the questions that we will tackle with Dr. Rick Sanford on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Gamecocks. Don't forget, not only does South Carolina have a home basketball game against Mississippi State Colonial Life Arena tomorrow night, Mark Kingston takes his team on the road at Furman tomorrow, 6 o'clock, and South Carolina needs to get back to its winning ways after dropping 2 of 3 this weekend to Clemson. But no reason to panic. 7-4, and four, not a bad start. They need to go on a run They've got Furman, Boston College, Cornell, and the Citadel before they get into conference play, hosting Tennessee next weekend. So we'll start previewing baseball, dig into that on the next episode. Locked on on Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.